This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. I wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, August 18th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. My usual co-host, Tony Sanfilippo, is still out, though he'll be joining us uh, periodically throughout the show today. But we have our special guest co-host back, Mr. Tim Nidell. Tim, how you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm glad to be back. I understand you guys uh, went up to old Virginia City yesterday and, uh, you know... Explored the old west. We did so went through the went through the uh, mind tour, and, and I I love going to Virginia City. I always have. Yeah, you know, there's there's some new shops out there, and then you know there's the old classic, yep. you know, uh, candy shops and uh, novelty shops and things. Uh, yeah, the candy store man. You just walk in there, there's barrels like this tall, like four feet tall of just candy, just everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. It's every sugar fiend's. <laughs> fantasy it's uh, crazy and you know they've got the old school candies that you used to get from the ice cream truck that would come by whether it's you know lemon heads or don't dare say it these days candy cigarettes <laughs> they have like barrels of there's like three barrels of those candy cigarettes right. it's crazy you wouldn't think they still have them but i was as a kid i was went there and got the gigantic um jawbreaker yeah and it would yeah. last me like three weeks right well and you know your tongue gets all ripped up by the end oh uh, yeah oh yeah you know, by day three and you're just gross, like no more how gross is that that you just put it into a bag and just let it sit there <laughs> and you just keep on you know licking <laughs> with your saliva <laughs> oh, yeah yeah but uh it's always a good time so folks if you are outside of the area you ever make it to uh northern nevada definitely visit virginia city and i'm making youtube videos while i'm here and we recorded a lot in virginia city so check out my youtube channel awesome. type in my name tim nidell there you go Yep, always a good time. Well, let's go ahead and kick things off, as I do, with my question for a co-host. Tim, I'm going to ask you to put on your hypothetical hat here. God forbid you and your wife get into an automotive accident. But if it were to happen, what would you do? What's the protocol in, uh, you know, right after an accident? No other cars are involved. No other cars. And I'm assuming we're not dead. You're not dead. We're not no, dead. No, okay. You're very we're much not, alive. We're not dead. Because then I would just become a ghost and just haunt everybody. Right. Oh, and to add a caveat on that, uh, you are what's supposed to be an upstanding citizen as a firefighter. Oh. Well, do I have like a hose with me? I can put out the the fire if my car is on fire. <laughs> uh, probably not. Okay, okay. Well, I guess you would just get out your phone and well, first make sure your spouse is okay. I guess that's, I guess that's number one. <laughs> Becky, make sure you're okay. Um, 
and get her away from the vehicle and then just call 911. All right. I think that's what most reasonable people would do. This guy's not so reasonable. (laughs) A Providence firefighter is facing criminal charges after a motorcycle accident early Sunday morning in Cranston, uh, Rhode Island. Joseph Bouchard, 39, of Cranston, was riding on his motorcycle when he struck a fire hydrant on Natick Avenue and then fled the scene. Police responded to the scene shortly after midnight and located an injured female victim. She was taken to Rhode Island Hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Witnesses say the female was on the back of Bouchard's motorcycle before he fled the scene with a damaged motorcycle, leaving the woman behind. Wow. <laughs> Police say investigators were able to track Bouchard back to his home due to, <laughs> due to the evidence left at the scene, you think? The spouse. <laughs> I, I would say you just ask her who left you here, and that would be enough to do it. Uh, upon arrival, they found he sustained serious injuries. He was taken into custody and then transported to Rhode Island Hospital. Bouchard was arraigned on two felony charges, including duty to stop an accident resulting in injury and driving so as to endanger resulting in physical injury. He was also charged with a misdemeanor for DUI, which is probably the reason he left, first offense, and was cited for leaving the scene of an accident with damage to highway fixture and leaving a lane of travel. Bouchard's next court date is at the 3rd District Court on August 25th on the two felonies, and uh, I would assume that he probably gets uh, see some time, you know. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> and I wonder if he... Uh, bumped up his spouse's life insurance before this happened right <laughs> probably not <laughs> no my guess is that they were out partying a little too hard motorcycle got a little squirrely hit the fire hydrant which is somewhat ironic being that wow. he is a firefighter yeah and wow. uh the fact that he he just left her at the scene is <laughs> mind-numbing hopefully she's okay yeah, they said not non-life-threatening injury, so uh, maybe a couple cuts and bruises, but that's really about it. So uh, hopefully everybody heals up well, but I have a feeling he's going to be uh, spending a, at least a couple <laughs> days behind bars. So <laughs> He might be pretty popular in prison. Oh, yeah. Well, folks, uh, we have a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's Tuesday, shall we? This is Taco Tuesday! It is Taco Tuesday. We have Rank It With Tony, and it will be with Tony. He's going to join us for that, pitting me against Tim. We'll (laughs) see how that goes. We have a segment called Nostalgic Frustration. You can find out more about that when we get there. Our call-in topic today is the one piece of movie memorabilia you would want to own. So not something you currently own, but something if, if you had to have it from movies or TVs. And in a display case, that's where... It would be, and that's the one thing you want. We have a segment called Gaping Plot Holes. We have This Day in History. And up next, I'll go ahead and take us through this, uh, not This Day in History, that's the end of the show, the entertainment news. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. And we are back to the show. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, August 18th. Now, uh, 
we've got a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It's a 24-hour a day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line inv- inviting you guys, the listeners, the watchers, to call in about any topic whatsoever. That number is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. Again, any topic, we just ask that you keep it entertaining. And, uh, you know, maybe you can chime in on uh, some information we didn't get quite right. Uh, you know, maybe you were the uh, the, the motorcycle rider who uh, <laughs> uh, was a fireman who uh, ironically crashed into a fire hydrant. Or and, the spouse. Yeah. And you want to give us your side of the story you can. It's a voicemail line. You leave a message. We will compile those together and put them out in a future show. Now, this being the second segment of this show, it's time for the entertainment news. Now, Tim, where do you stand on the whole reboots, remakes, rehashes, basically the lack of original ideas Mm. in Hollywood as they stand right now? We need a whole segment on this because I can't stand it. I can't stand most remakes. I can't stand most things coming out of Hollywood today because even if it does have a brand new title, it's a remake of something. Right. You know, right. I, I, I can't stand it. Well, and I, it's no secret that I've mentioned it here in the past that even if you're sort of remaking something and but trying to make it your own, give it something new. Give it a yeah. new title. Yeah. You know, don't rest on the laurels of a known entity to completely change the plot, to change the characters, to change everything, and just have a name that's recognizable to sell a few more tickets. I wish we had like 20 more directors like Christopher Nolan. Exactly. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully something will turn around a little bit uh, in the future, or we'll just run out of remakes and rehashes to do, and, you know, it's, God forbid, you've got to come up with an original idea. We'll get a remake of Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> oh, well. Do you get to dump that? Bottom of the barrel. Nope. <laughs> okay, nope, okay. That's perfectly okay. All right, well, strap in, because Will Smith and Kevin Hart will star in and produce a remake of the 1987 road comedy Planes, Trains, and Automobiles for Paramount Pictures. The original Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was directed by John Hughes and starred Steve Martin and the late John Candy as a pair of mismatched businessmen trying to get home to Chicago for Thanksgiving in the face of a variety of travel disasters. The remake will be a modern update of the original, with Smith and Hart playing characters who are forced to team up to tackle travel obstacles to get home to their loved ones. Hart's Heartbeat Productions and Smith's Westbrook Studios are developing the remake. Aisha Carr from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is set to pen the script, marking her feature writing debut. Hart and Smith will uh, will produce the film alongside Westbrook Studios co-president and head of motion pictures John Moan and Heartbeat's president of film and television Brian Smiley. Smith (coughs) was most recently seen in Bad Boys for Life, He's in production on King Richard, in which he stars as the father of, a ten, of tennis stars Venus and Serena, uh, Serena Williams. Hart was last seen in Jumanji The Next Level and has completed production on the drama Fatherhood, which of course is another remake of a comedy in this yep. case, uh, which Sony will release in April 2021. I mean, again, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was a classic, classic. comedy that I don't think quite no, deserves a remake and the chemistry that they had back then was just i mean i can see them having chemistry on this reboot i can see them having chemistry but no i i mean first of all are they even going to take a train because are there many trains going around maybe maybe <laughs> maybe they'll maybe do a subway uh, maybe a subway there you go yeah in new york city subway yeah. but uh again it's one of those things where you know the 
the story could be something that, you know, you, you title something else, you've got two Exactly. Huge name actors no, yeah. that are enough to sell tickets that anyway. Is enough. I think the and then I think using it as a reboot is going to keep the other people away from it. Yeah. I think yeah. if they just made their own creation of that, these two goofy guys going on this crazy adventure who don't know each other, right? Just make a different movie. Well, and I think uh, there's enough people these days that are sort of the same mind frame that you got that we are. You know, basically that uh, you know the remakes, the reboots, the rehashes haven't been nearly as good as we want them to be yep and so they may avoid it just for that sake so who knows who knows well uh, let's move on to our next story um who out there recalls anthony michael hall i do huge star of the <laughs> 80s uh probably most recently well-known scene in uh, the dark knight yep he was the reporter in that well anthony michael hall is apologizing following an incident at a hotel pool in which the actor yelled at fellow pool goers in a video shared by TMZ, Hall, who's 52, is seen yelling and cursing at others while swimming at the South Congress pool in Austin, Texas on Wednesday. Witnesses claimed he was blaring music from a portable speaker he brought along to the pool and acting belligerent towards other guests. When asked to tone it down, he began yelling and cursing, saying the others were being disrespectful and referring to one person as Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, boy. Towards the end of the video, one of Hall's friends can be heard trying to de-escalate the situation and get him out of the pool saying, let's go, Mike. Now the Breakfast Club star is apologizing for his behavior. He says, I want to formally apologize to the entire staff, my family, and everyone who was witness to the incident yesterday that occurred at the hotel in Austin in a statement released by him, more than likely written by his publicist. Exactly. <laughs> what, what was he playing? I wish we knew what he was playing. Unfortunately, it doesn't say. There is a video, so the people that oh. he was yelling at captured it, and you can see it. And it's funny because he referred to one of the guests as Rosie O'Donnell. You know, <laughs> back off, Rosie O'Donnell. And then a couple seconds later, you hear somebody in the background go, Rosie O'Donnell? Do you, do you see her in the video? Uh, no, no, because oh, it's man. her just man. filming him. But uh, well worth a look up if you want to see uh, a star basically losing it. Um but still, uh, no no reason to, to lash out at people, even if you're frustrated. Um, apparently, he was uh, uh, charged with uh, some sort of assault back in 2017, where he oh, got three years probation. That's right. And uh, my guess is maybe he was celebrating getting off of probation, <laughs> and uh, just uh, this, this next thing takes place. So... All right, let's move on to uh, more movie news, or lack of movie news. Lawrence Fishburne will not take another trip down the rabbit hole. The actor told New York Magazine that he has not been invited to reprise his iconic role in the Wachowski's Matrix sequel. He says, I have not been invited. Maybe that will make me write another play. I wish them well. I hope it's great, Fishburne told the publication. Of his role as Morpheus in the original, the Matrix trilogy, Fishburne said... Is probably the role that I'll be, uh, be best remembered for, which is great. It's not the only thing I'll be remembered for, which is better. What I get with him is I've got Darth Vader in this hand, and I've got Obi-Wan in that hand. I've got Bruce Lee, I've got Muhammad Ali shuffled in there, and I've got Kung Fu. The plot and details of the still untitled sequel have been kept under wraps, but it's expected to continue from the original trilogy. It's unclear where it would pick up, but one reason Fishburne's red pill, blue pill wielding character wouldn't appear in The Matrix 4 might be because he dies of gunshot wounds in The Matrix Online, a multiplayer oh, online wow. role-playing game that the Wachowskis 
blessed as a continuation of the film's storyline, though popular belief suggests that his death was faked. Uh, I never played the online version. I did yeah. have the PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 game, which think, was pretty good. I think I played the GameCube one. Maybe that was it. Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, that was a fun game, you know? It was. You go back, the graphics aren't great now, but, yeah. uh, you know, they had that bullet time thing where you could slow things down yeah. and, and dodge bullets. That was fun. It's weird that they're using that as why he's not in the movie. It's it's odd, because I think most people probably wouldn't have played that game. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they, if they dub it as canon, then, you know, yeah. Star Wars does that with their TV shows, some of their video games as well. Um but yeah, yeah, I would assume that they'd find some way if they were really interested in bringing him back, some yeah. way to oh, yeah. bring him back into the fold. Or maybe he is in the movie and he's just sort of downplaying That's true. it. And he'll be a big surprise when, when it comes true. out. Yep. All right, let's move on to uh, televisions, uh, namely Amazon Prime. Have you watched the show The Boys? No, I was just about to start, though. I uh, same Same here. You yeah. know, it's one of those that... I really want to sort of sit down and, you know, yep. get through an episode a day. Yep. You know, we're getting ready for season two to come out. And so now's the perfect time to get caught up on season one. Uh, I got to do the same with the Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, fans of Supernatural will be uh, very happy about what's coming out in season three. So ahead of its second season, the boys is already looking towards season three, adding Supernatural star Jensen Ackles, who will play uh, portray Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy is known as the original superhero who fought in World War II and became the first super celebrity and a mainstay of American culture for decades. Quote, when I was a child, I had a crazy impossible dream to provide Jensen Ackles with gainful employment. I'm happy to say that dream has come true, said showrunner and executive producer Eric Kripke. Jensen is an amazing actor, an even better person, smells like warm chocolate chip cookies, and I consider him a brother. As a Soldier Boy... The very first superhero, he'll bring so much humor, pathos, and danger to the role. I can't wait to be on set with him again and bring a bit of supernatural to the boys. It sounds like uh, Eric Kripke's got a good sense of humor yeah, as well. Is it, and I, I'm assuming it's not Soldier Boy the Rapper. No, 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 okay. no, no. Okay. <laughs> that would be hilarious. And I... And again, I haven't seen it, but I think there's enough tongue-in-cheek humor I that so. they may incorporate some music <laughs> in the background that's uh, you know a little wink to the audience. But uh, in any case, that does it for the entertainment news. Let's go ahead and get into today's celebrity birthdays. It's my All right. Uh, sadly, we have the heavenly birthday of Patrick Swayze. He died uh, in 2009. Ah. Today would have been his birthday. Speaking of reboots or sequels, they're doing one of uh, Dirty Dancing. Oh, that's Jennifer they already did a reboot of that. They and did. It's one of Havana my... Nights. Or... Yeah, I love Patrick Swayze. I really do. He's he is seriously one of my favorites in what a, Hollywood. What a great and actor here he, he was. He was a super nice guy, too. Yeah. Uh, Andy Samberg turns 41 today. Robert Redford, 83. Edward Norton, 50. Let's see, uh, Madeline Stowe, 61, Christian Slater, I mean Christian Slater, 50, <laughs> K. 
Caitlin Olson, 44, Dennis Leary, 62, and then uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner from The Cosby Show is 49, and another heavenly birthday baseball player, Roberto Clemente, who died in uh, 1972, would have been his birthday as well. Folks, when we come back, Tony will be joining us and taking us through another installment of Rank It. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back shortly. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now, back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, August 18th. Getting a little uh, feedback from uh, Tony's uh, microphone there. Tony, if you're able to turn down your volume just a little bit, that would All right. that would help. But, uh, folks, we do have Tony. Tony is here. He's joining us. He's in the great state of Idaho right now. But he's going to take us through Rank It, not before I tell you guys about social media. We're all over social media. Many of you watching us on YouTube Live or Facebook Live as we speak. We also rebroadcast every evening on the AUN TV network. That's 13 straight stations across Northern California and Northern Nevada. Now, if you want to get a hold of us on social media, I'm available at Facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, Radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram at Christian Phoenix. Tony, who is joining us, is available at Facebook.com forward slash Tony dot Sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four or on Instagram at Tony dot Sanfilippo 81. And Tim, go ahead and drop your social oh, handles. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, so yes. I, do, I do a podcast called Saturday Morning Rewind. I interview voice actors and stuff like that. So you can follow that. Just type in Saturday Morning Rewind. Uh, my Twitter, Instagram is at Saturday Rewind. And my personal one is at Tim underscore Nidell. Easy enough. Yep. And oh. also follow me on YouTube. Exactly. Follow them everywhere. Well, well, not in person. That that might get a little yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't stalk him in person, but definitely follow uh, the podcast and his uh, YouTube page. Some awesome stuff there. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. You're welcome. Well, it is Tuesday, and the reason Tony's here is he's going to take us through this installment of Rank It with Tony. It's ranking time. Um, how's that feedback? Is it all right? Uh, much better now. Okay, because I can't hear it on my side, so just testing. Anyways, we're going old school. Whoa. This is my rank it list. <laughs> so, kids, hey, I, I can't obviously bring it up on the screen and do this, but we are going to do rank it. So you guys can chime in below. I can't. I can't see what you're saying this week. So. It's a battle between Tim and Christian, but of course the audience can still chime in. And I can't see this nothing. This week, oh, you can't see nothing. All right. <laughs> but chime in anyways. Feel free. Yeah. I won't um, cheat. I promise. So, so this one is the most nostalgic 90s toys. It could be, It's that's what it is. Oh, the most man. nostalgic 90s toys. 90s toys. Okay. That's that, going to be tougher for yeah. us because, yes, yes and I then still I play with toys. Sound bites. So if you get a ding, I'll make a, a ding noise. And if you get it, I'll do some type of other noise. Because I'm a weirdo in a parking <laughs> lot. So why not? 
Oh, I hope people are watching you from the outside just trying to figure out why you're talking to yourself. <laughs> just just the old lady across the street. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, I, I kiss. as always, I defer to uh, my co-host, Tim. Let's go ahead and uh, kick things off with your guess on uh, okay, the most so, nostalgic 90s toys. Yeah, 90s. I was a teenager. I, I, I turned 20. I turned 20 in the 90s. Well, not really. I guess I turned 20 in 2000. Anyways, so this toy this toy I didn't play with because I was too old, but they were... Oh, no. No, I'm changing it. Okay, yeah, I was, I was, too, for the, I was too old for this toy, too, but I'm saying Tickle Me Elmo. Ooh. All right. Tickle Me Elmo. What? That, that, that was in the uh, top 25. Because that's was like, not... that was the start of the Black Friday like craze, was yeah, Tickle Me absolutely. Elmo. That was wow. the hot Christmas toy. This list is already wrong. <laughs> well, as, as we know from these ranker lists, uh, sometimes they are way off. <laughs> but yeah, uh, wait yeah. till you, I, if you guys guess one of these on here, I'll be really amazed. Wow. So like, well, that's not that wasn't really, but okay, okay, all right, all right. that's good to know. Um, I'm going to go in the same vein of Tickle Me Elmo, but uh, go with something that was much more creepy and say Furby. Yeah, Furby. It is on the list. But it is not in the top ten. So, That's Christian, crazy. Uh, really, Furbies came in at number nineteen, which is wow. crazy because they were a popular toy. So, okay, well, uh, is there another list? Is there another hint, list you want to do? Hint too. They're not just like all action figures or dolls. So, nostalgic '90s toy bike things too. Okay, all right. Hmm. If that helps. Not really. Not really. <laughs> okay. All right, Tim, okay. go ahead with your next This guess. next thing was also a huge... Everybody collected these. I didn't because they were pretty stupid, I thought. But actually, no, my friend Danny, who is watching on Facebook, Danny, you collected these. You remember? The Beanie Babies. <laughs> Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies. Number five. Yes. <laughs> the horn, did that horn work good? The horn works. Danny, thank you. Okay, because because of you, I remember. But Jesus out of the lady across from me in the park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Beanie Babies, number five on the list. All right. Let's see. Nin- on the board, baby. 90s. Oh, man. I, I, I want to say it's 90s. It might be late 80s. I'm going to try and keep my digital pet alive with Tamagotchi. Oh, yeah. Tamagotchi pet. Number four on the list. Oh, man. Wow. Tamagotchi, number four, right above Beanie Babies. I forgot all about that thing. One and one. I think the closest thing thing I had to that toy was the... uh, the uh, save cartridge on the Dreamcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Heck yeah. Um. Okay. Next one. Okay. This was late '80s, and it's also '90s. I love these toys. I'm gonna go with Micro Machines. Dude, should be on the <sighs> list, Tim, but it's not. Is it in the top twenty? Which is cra- it's crazy to me. No, it's not even in the top okay, twenty, and no, that's nuts because no. that was a fantastic. Toy. Do you remember that scene in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back where they go and beat everybody up? Yeah. Let's, let's go do that right yeah. now. Whoever voted on this yeah. list. <laughs> we, we've made reference to that in the past, too. So uh, Movie poop shoot. <laughs> there's a reason you fit in well so well with us, Tim. All right. Yes, I love it. All right. Not really toys, but uh, collectible cards. I'm going to say 
collect them all Pokemon cards. Dude, you're on the right path. I, I got it. I got an idea that that helped uh, me. I think. Oh. Yeah, Pokemon's not on there. Although, as I said before, it should be on this list, but it is ranker. It's not a Tony list. <laughs> right. It's a ranker list. So. All right. So that pick helped me. Okay. I didn't collect these either, but I remember the Pogs. Ooh. Pogs. Yes. Number seven on the list. Oh. <laughs> that old lady is staring lasers <laughs> at me. <high. laughs> See, I had Pogs in the back of my mind, but I was convinced that was eighties. Nope, that was that was nineties. I remember was 90s, the, yeah. one time, the one time I ever got those is because they were in the Doritos bags. That's right. And they, oh, I think they nice. had Star Wars in those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, moving on with my next guess, I'm going to say uh, Go, Go, Power Rangers. That's a good one. Dude, that was a good one. But, Christian, that was number 21 on the list. Of course, uh, because it makes absolute sense. <laughs> it makes no sense, oh, Raker, brother. No, uh, it doesn't. God, this is, this is a tough one. This is a tough These one. Yeah, dude, Raker Ranker will stick it to you, man. These people are It makes idiots. you overthink. Okay. I don't think it's going to be on the list, but it was one of my all-time favorite things to play with in the, in the early 90s. Um, Super Soaker. Ooh. Super Soaker. Tim, Tim, Tim. <laughs> Number you, two Tim. on the list. Number Super two. Soaker. All right. These people gained a little bit more respect. All right. Ooh. Number two, brother. Number two. Let's see. No Power Rangers. Hmm. I'm going to say... Going out on a limb here, but uh, Super Soaker, not Super Soaker, Slip and Slide uh, Alligator Alley. Oh, yeah. Dude, Alligator Alley is in the top 20, Christian, but not the top 10. Seriously. Okay. God. I don't know, Tony. Why? Okay, 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 okay it's okay. Tough, tough. Okay, I should tell you guys. Like for every one that you didn't get right, I should at least tell you like one that wasn't. <laughs> I was kind of forget about doing that. Okay, another pick of mine. I, I played with these as an early teen. Um, Batman animated series. Also a great guess, but not even in the top twenty. So. Mm. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stick in the vein of action figures. Obviously, people know I'm a huge Transformers fan. Well, in the 90s, they had Transformers Beast Wars line. I'm hoping that's in the top 10. No, sir, it is not. It is not even top 25. Oof. Okay, so when you say it's not just toys and stuff like that, it, could it be so, like so game system? Example, could it be a game system? I'll give, you, I'll give you two. It could be, yeah, it could be that. Okay. Um. Two, so two things I'll throw at you that that are not on there. So you had Pogo Balls. That was number 20. Uh, Duncan Yo-Yo, 18. And Flung, 17. Whoa. Just to give you oh. kind of an idea. Oh, and Bop It at 14. Bop so It. Okay. I remember too. Bop It. So yeah. just, just a couple of ideas of what a 90s nostalgic toy is, but not okay. on the top What 10. about the Super Nintendo? The Super Nintendo, Tim. Is the Super Nintendo on there? What? Number one. Yeah. Number one. Ah. Nostalgic 90s. Super <laughs> Nintendo. All right. Well, in that vein, and this will be my last guess before you take us through the top ten, I'm going to say Sega Genesis. That 
should be on the list, Chris, because it was before the Super Nintendo, but it didn't even make the top 25. Tim is the winner. Tim is the winner. He got four. I sadly got one. But that's five of the top ten. Tony, why don't you go ahead and take us from ten to one? Ten to one. All right, number ten. Tiger handheld game. Do you remember those okay, yeah. the little licensed games? Yeah, yep. that was number ten. They're making a comeback Poly, too. Mm-hmm. Polly Pocket, number nine. Oh, come okay. on. Number eight, Gak. Nickelodeon Gak. That's right. I remember Gak. You make fart stuff. Pogs <laughs> were number seven. Uh, I just lost the camera when I honked that. Uh, trolls, the treasure trolls. Okay, I, uh, I had trolls. They were number six. Uh, Beanie Babies were number five. Tamagotchi, number four. Koosh Balls. Oh, I love Koosh. I had a lot of those. Super Soaker 2, Super Nintendo 1, and then Power Wheels were in the top 20. Skip It, Barbie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles, of and course, yeah. the only one I didn't agree with this, because it wasn't, it's not like you could just go to the store and buy them, was the McDonald Dino Transformers. Huh. They were not. Num- they were number eleven, but that was only if you actually got to go to McDonald's and get them. It's yeah. not like you could go buy. Them. Yeah, but good point. That was the that was the rank it list. I actually wanted to do a movie props list, but I couldn't <laughs> get it to load up. So I went nineties toys for you guys. Hey, so. that works. Works for me. Well, folks, that does it for another Tuesday edition of Rank It with Tony. When we come back, we have nostalgic frustrations. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, August 18th. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to americamatters.us, click on the Shows and Podcasts link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way, you always have the latest episode Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends, because sharing is caring. Now, in this next segment, you know, we like to wax nostalgic. Obviously, uh, you know, Tony joined us for our uh, Rank It, which was another nostalgic list of uh, toys from the 90s. Well, here we have frustrations from the 90s, basically 27 things that ruined your day 15 years ago that literally nobody cares about now. I like that. I like that. And if you think about 15 years ago was 2005. Wow. It's amazing. You know, in my mind, 15 years ago is still early 90s. Yeah. I mean, I still say 20 years ago was 1980. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not so much. Nope. (laughs) So uh, think back. 2005. Where were you this time back then? For instance, maybe you're going to listen to your music on your iPod and you see the battery symbol with the little... Uh, zigzag through it, denoting that your iPad has not fully charged or is dead, and now you got to wait for it to to fully charge up. Uh, did you have an iPod back in the day? Um, I had the Shuffle. 
Okay. So no screen whatsoever. All right. You had the little <laughs> the little, little itty bitty little square clip-on one thing that you can't ever do nothing with. Yeah, I had uh, I think the second generation full iPod, which uh, you know was basically a thick brick. It had you know sort of that uh, black and white LCD screen. You know what I did have though. What's that? Don't make fun of me. I had a Zune. Did you really? I did have a Zune. You were one the of the Zune, Zune was actually really cool, man. It, it was like a hundred bucks cheaper. Yep. And at the time, that was before, you know, the the iPods can really do anything. Mm-hmm. They can't go online or anything. Right. So it did the same exact thing for the a cheaper price, and it can hold thousands of songs. I I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Yeah. It just goes showing that uh, marketing goes a long way. Yep. Yeah, Apple certainly won out in that. And then uh, my boys still have the uh, the iPod Mini, I think it was, where it's you know okay. really yeah. itty bitty. Yeah. It's got a little tiny screen on it, and uh, they use that for a little bit of music. But uh, you know, obviously the storage space wasn't so great. And you know, back in that day, you were concerned when you only had 232 megabytes of space <laughs> left on your iPad, iPod out of a 500 megabyte uh, um, you know total capacity. And, uh, you know, yeah, it holds a, a fair share of songs, but at the same time, nothing compared to, you know, I think my phone is 500 gigs, 256 <laughs> gigs, something along those lines. You know, it, it's crazy the little amount of memory that they used to have. Of course, we also had to deal with the Internet back in those days and uh, trying to download a song from LimeWire and having it take about 17 hours. Or getting a virus at or, the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or downloading a video of something you thought it was oh, and yeah. something very different that That's came out. That happened to me before. That happened to me. Yeah. I mean, yep. so many concerns, you know, when going on to LimeWire. But at the same time, this was before Spotify, before Pandora, yeah. Apple Music. You know, people were still buying CDs, and that was really the only way to get your music digitally. Of course, it wasn't always legal. Mm, well, yeah. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> How about those of you who, in uh, 2005, still had uh, some form of dial-up, and then uh, somebody would, sure enough, pick up the phone in the household and ruin your download? You know, you've been waiting for 10 hours for a song or a video <laughs> at 96%. They pick up the phone, and all of a sudden, that's just oh, gone. Oh, God. It so just when, disappears. When we first got the internet with dial-up, we had the web TV thing. Okay. Okay, so, and we didn't know that we had to change the phone number that you call to to be a local number. Mm-hmm. And so our bill, it was dialing out to long distance oh, the no. whole time. Every time you I dialed. think it was like 800 bucks for the month. Ouch. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure you changed that really quickly oh, yeah. after oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, or or waiting for a picture to download, and it was just line <laughs> by line. It was like, oh. Uh, so many frustrations. What about this one? You know, obviously all of our phones have cameras in them now. Back in 2005, that wasn't the case, so you had to wait days for your disposable camera pictures to develop, only to find out that your thumb ruined 95% yeah. of those. I miss those days, though. I yeah. miss going to the, the Photoshop or whatever. Not, not you know, not Photoshop, but right. you know, the Photoshop. Right, CVS, yeah. Walgreens, Costco. Dropping off my concert, you know, Pictures from the night before and waiting a week to, to get them. Right. <laughs> One of those old disposables, you know, the zip, 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 you know. I think that's why people are so vain now, because they can see how they look in their selfie. Right. Because back in the day, if who cares how you looked? If you took it, you had to wait a week to find out right. how you looked. and Yeah. 
And it didn't matter if you were good with it or not. It it was there, and that's all it yep. was. And then the disposables that had the flash in them, remember, you had to wait for those to charge oh, up. Yeah, so right. if there was, like, an opportune picture, but it was too dark, <laughs> you know, you're waiting. <laughs> come on. Light that come up. on. Yeah. Come on. And then take in, then it's too late by then. All right. What about, uh, you know, obviously, Facebook's probably the big social media now. Instagram, uh, you know, TikTok is starting to take over, though, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's some concerns there. Well, back in our day, we had MySpace, and, uh, you know, today's kids will never know the drama that the MySpace Top 8 used to cause. Remember, you could put your Top 8 friends in there, and if somebody was just outside that Top (laughs) 8... I think I usually just made that celebrities or bands. That way, nobody can be upset over it. Exactly, you know? yeah. But, but I hated going to my friends' pages and it crashing because all the little falling stars and all the music <laughs> playing. I hated MySpace. Oh, so glad it's gone. <laughs> so glad. What about, uh, you know, Netflix as we know it nowadays is a streaming service. But back in 2005, it was a movie delivery service. And loading up your Netflix queue and seeing the movie you really want is going to take weeks to arrive because it's the movie that everybody wants. It's right at the top of your queue. You want it so bad. It came in that flimsy paper. And, of course, you know, more often than not, you'd forget to send it back on time. But, uh, yeah, Netflix, it's crazy to see the difference between Netflix then and Netflix now. R.I.P. Blockbuster. Yep. And good for them for... uh, um, adapting to the changing yeah, times. You know? Absolutely. Or the other frustration with Netflix is, uh, you know, you would order one, it would come in the correct sleeve, but as soon as you pull the disc out, oh, yeah, it's right. the wrong movie. Yep. Uh, and then you have to send it back and wait. and uh. <laughs> <laughs> You were talking about uh, having to pay for dial-up. What about having to pay for your cell phone? Right now, everybody's got unlimited plans. But back in 2005, oh, yeah. it was by the minute. And you had to wait till like, what, 5 or 6 p.m. to get to get free long distance. Yep. <laughs> it was a common saying, call me back after 9 when yep. my phone is free. Yeah. I didn't really have that much problem with it. Maybe I don't have any friends. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And again, it's uh, with everything free now, and life is so so good when it comes to information and technology compared to you know, what we had to wait for, what we had to do, yeah. um, you know, pay phones, again, were another thing of the past that luckily we don't have to deal with. Those were a little bit older than the early 2000s. Yeah, but, I remember uh, I used them quite a bit when I worked in Yellowstone because at the time there was no cell phones and you had to use a pay phone. I was outside in like the negative five degree weather on the phone talking to my Florida friends. <laughs> <laughs> for me, pay phones was always about uh, calling collect yep. and then leaving the quick message, pick me up. Yep. <laughs> What about when you're burning a CD, you put it in, it starts going, then all of a sudden it says no disc. It doesn't recognize the disc and, oh. Yeah, happen all the time. All the time. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Blockbuster, you know, going in, and of course, you know, the common phrase, especially for a brand new movie release, oh, we're sorry we're out of copies of that, but we'll put you on the list when one comes back. And of course, you know, with the popular ones, sometimes it took, Days, even a a week before it. You go in there expecting one movie and nothing there. Then you go to the front desk to see if anybody returned it, and nope. So you got to pick out a different movie. Yep, yep. So, folks, you know, be kind, rewind. Of course, that doesn't mean anything these days, but uh, in any case, 
That does it for this segment as we head into our long break. Uh, when we come back, we've got our call-in topic of the one piece of movie or TV memorabilia that you would love to own. Hopefully, you guys will chime in on that as well. We'll see you guys in about seven. Fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Gentlemen, I wash my hands of this weirdness. And welcome back, everybody, to the second hour of the Crucial Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, August 18th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Tony's still not here, but Tim still is here. Special guest co-host today. Tim, we're into the second hour. How'd the first hour go for you? You know, it it was pretty bad. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Having, having a good time here. Having, glad I came into Reno to join you I in had to studio. Be- I had to beg Tim to stay. You know, to, <laughs> I was but, about to walk out. Right. But, you know. <laughs> No, we're having a good time. We're uh, we're talking about some old school stuff, things that uh, appeal to us geeky, nerdy guys. Absolutely. You know, in honor of Tim being here, not only from Montana, but live and in studio, not just on the phone chiming in on our call-in topic. Yes, like I usually do. Exactly. But speaking of call-in topics, this is the point of the show where we want you guys to call in at the end of the segment. 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Toll-free from anywhere in the world. Yes, that's on our dime, so uh, trying to think if there's anything we've referred to that's overseas that uh, we can make reference to and <laughs> draw in a blank. So Tamagotchi. We will move on. Yes, if you're in Japan <laughs> playing on your Tamagotchi, give us a call right now with, not right now, but at the end of the segment, uh, with the subject of today, the one piece of movie or TV memorabilia that you would love to own. So say, for instance, you have a chance to for free get that one movie prop screen used whatever it may be and own it display it put it up for everybody to see what would that be so i'll go ahead and uh, defer to my co-host tim i know you were struggling with this one a little bit earlier this what did you end up with this is hard man I, I love movies i love 80s things i love early 90s things this is a super hard one it's been changing this whole couple hours and uh okay so Okay, first, this is not my pick. I'll, I'll, this is my. This is your preface. If I had a huge like museum, okay, okay, with places I can display these, I love the vehicles from movies and TV shows. Yeah. So I'd have the DeLorean for Back to the Future. I'd have the A-Team van. I'd have the Miami Vice uh, car. I'd have uh, Magnum PI's car, because I I love those vehicles. I mean, it almost sounds like you're living on the studio tour at uh, Hollywood. Exactly. Hollywood. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Universal buy, Studios. I'm going to buy that little lot right there and just uh, just put a bed. Yeah. Sleep yeah. right there. Might as well. You, know, <laughs> you don't need anything else. But I think my my real pick 
is going to be the hoverboard from Back to the Future 2. Because I, it's a good size. Okay. You can display it well. Yeah. But I want it to work, though, just like right. in the movie. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, you know, we're a long ways from an actual working version of that. But as you folks may recall from, I don't know, maybe a week, two weeks ago, we talked about uh, the special edition of Back to the Future uh, release that's coming with a quote unquote working hoverboard board a small one that's uh um, above a magnet and what it does is it it sits there it's got two uh, plexiglass things on either side to make sure it doesn't wander off and uh essentially that's working you know so maybe you could do something like that with the movie prop without when you were when you were little and the movie came out did you think it was real Oh, totally. Yeah, we had arguments at school here in Reno about yeah. it, about it being real because it looks so real. Well, of course, the uh, sneakers from the movie yep. Nike yep. came out with the yeah, self lacing sneakers. Yeah, they're so expensive now, man. Yeah. Would have been nice to get those too. Yeah. So uh, I think that's a prop that a lot of people, especially of our age and, yep. and that grew up loving those movies, would certainly love to have. Now, for me, it is a movie prop from probably my most favorite movie franchise of all time. It is the namesake of the podcast that Tony and I do that's totally pop culture related. We're talking the Proton Pack from the Ghostbusters series. That is a great pick. You, know, you can have it displayed behind you when you guys do the podcast. Oh, you know, That'd be awesome. Don't give me ideas. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's got the lights. It's got you know the sounds, that iconic you know charging up sound. Yeah. Uh, I love it. And there are people out there who make their own proton packs and, yep. and do it, you know, movie accurate and add the lights and the sounds and all of that. I wouldn't want a replica. You I would want a screen use, yep. something held by maybe Harold Ramis, you exactly. know, who's passed on, or of course, uh, you know, Bill Murray. And absolutely. I love screen use things. I used to. I was part of a prop group on Facebook, and I really wanted to just buy everything on that list because they have some epic things on there. I do have a couple screen use things at home. Do you? So if anybody's interested, I'll sell it to you for hundred bucks. It's a white styrofoam cup used in Kevin Costner's Yellowstone TV show. It was using. <laughs> I know it was used in it because I was the one holding it on the screen because I'm in one episode of there it. There you so go. So if you want it. Hit me up at under uh, at Tim underscore Nidell. Hit me up. Signed by professional extra Tim Nidell. <laughs> exactly. Not Kevin Costner. Exactly. Tim Nidell. No. <laughs> well, it's funny. Even when I was putting this together and, and the post that you know I post the day before, I even made a reference to the uh, Starbucks cup that appeared That's in right. that one episode right. of Game of Thrones. That, uh, that would be a cool thing to display. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how you could prove it no, was actually exactly. from... Yeah, there's so many. There's millions of them out there. Billions. Exactly, but uh, you know, it, it's fun to uh, you know take a look at, at what's on screen, and obviously, you know, the craftsmanship of, of mm-hmm. some of these things. One are either totally shoddy, or two yeah. are just yeah. really well made. And so, uh, in fact, there is a show on Disney Plus that's all about uh, props. Oh, that's right. That's a good show too. I love that show. Yeah, well worth checking out. Yeah, but folks, we've reached that time where you are, are opening the phone lines now. To you guys, give us a call, 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Tell us what the one piece of movie or TV memorabilia is that you would love to own. And when we come back, we will hear from you. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few.
Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, August 18th. We are in the middle of our call-in topic where we, where we invite you guys. Uh, my Again, my brain gets ahead of my mouth and what comes out is just blabber. We want you guys, the listeners and the watchers, to call in at 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255, toll-free from anywhere in the world. Our topic today is the one piece of TV or movie memorabilia that you would love to own. If somebody said, hey, you can just pick anything off the shelf, something screen used, what would you pick and what would you display? So while we're waiting for a few people to call, and of course you can always chime in on our Facebook page, that's facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio, I'm going to go ahead and run down some of the uh, props over the years that have sold for quite a pretty penny. Uh, Kicking off with uh, what was Tim's pick, made by Mattel, the Back to the Future Part 2, Piece de Resistance, the hoverboard Michael J. Fox used on set, sold in 2018 for $28,800, which actually I I would have have paid more. I would have paid more. Exactly. I would have thought that would have gone for more. But, uh, you know, still a lot of money for a piece of plastic if it didn't have that nostalgic, I, that, I that special place in your heart. I really don't. Yeah, I would have I paid a million bucks for that thing if I had it. Yeah, and that's the case for most of these. You know, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, people pay money because it's something they love. Yep. You know, it's why collectibles are such a big thing these days. Because they all relate back to something from our childhood, something that we're holding on to. Uh, for instance, you know, if you were somebody who grew up in the 1970s or you know even the 1980s, still a huge fan of this movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah. You know, this was the uh, um, not the terrible redo by uh, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. <laughs> uh, this was the original, and uh, again, the prop to have there is the Everlasting Gobstopper, which, uh, of course, was the item to have by uh, Slugworth. That's what he was trying yep. to collect. Well, uh, only two of the multicolored candy props are known to exist. The first fetched $42,500 at auction in May wow. 2011. And then the second, kept by the actress who played Veruca Sol, oh, awesome. sold from the Dryer Collection in July 2012 for $40,000. Wow. And so for just a little plastic I know, so small. Prop, Looks like a little toy. $40,000. <laughs> it's a cool thing to have, though, because you can display that in a nice little shadow box with lights on it. That'd be so cool. Oh, yeah. Or make a, just a fun sort of you know tribute to the machine that created it. That's and, true. That is true. Yeah. You know, even for 1971, the, uh, the effects weren't, yeah. weren't too bad for yeah. that movie. All right. And folks, again, we are inviting you to call in on the movie prop or TV prop that you would love to display and have in your home. Again, that number, 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Now, here's a movie that I've watched within the last three days, The Hypersleep Chamber from Aliens. Okay. This was the second one, 1986. A little hard to display, but you could find room for it oh, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, I'd make that my bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the guest bedroom. <laughs> you know. And then it would be fun to uh, wake people up, put a face hugger oh, on the, on the yes. top. and. <laughs> you, you need to do that. 
So uh, one of the 1986 movie's most recognizable sci-fi props is the sleek hyperspace chamber Ripley puts herself and young girl Newt in after they survive their encounter with the alien queen. A stage prop used in the production of the film sold at auction in 2012 for $65,000. Again, you would think more. You would think more, especially for something of that size. I would just want to know, how do you get that home from the auction site? (laughs) Yeah, these rich people, they probably bring trucks and U-Hauls with them. Right. (laughs) Oh, you know, because it's so cool to have the giant T-Rex head from Jurassic Park. You know, put that in your yard. Yeah. <laughs> like, remember Bubba Duck and DuckTales had the uh, dinosaur <laughs> head in the, in yep. the yard so he could feel at home? Well, especially if you had the controls for it and you could make awesome. it work. And, oh. That'd be awesome. I thought of one, I thought of a couple more for myself. Um, I'm such a huge fan of the stop motion movies from mm-hmm. the 70s and, you know, 60s, 70s. Um, anything from Ray Harryhausen. I was I just going to say yeah. Clash of the Titans. Clash of the, anything from him would be epic. And there's a great documentary on, I think it's Amazon Prime about Ray Harryhausen, and there's actually the models and everything that they show, how it looks now. Right. I highly recommend that one. I yeah. would love to have the uh, Rudolph mm-hmm. from Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Or a California Raisin, because <laughs> those would be so cool, because that is exactly what you see the whole entire movie just moving around on the screen. Oh, those would be so cool. Now, from what I understand is the um, uh, not so much the claymation, the solid ones, but the ones that require you the know fur, felt or yeah. the fur that they don't hold up so well, they especially don't. like uh, you know Jim Henson props and yep. Muppets and and things. Um, I think the glue that they use deteriorates yep. over time. And there's no, I don't think there's any known Rudolphs left anymore. Really, because of that, yeah. Oof, yeah, so sad. Yep. So here's a prop that I expected to hear time and time again is probably one of the most wanted. Uh, this would be a lightsaber from Star Wars, in this case, A New Hope. In 2008, Luke's laser sword, don't ever call it a laser sword, his lightsaber, <laughs> given to him by Obi-Wan, ended up in the hands of one lucky fan for $450,000. Wow. Okay, that's about where I would expect it to be. Maybe even more. Maybe even more, because I would have paid more for that, too. Yeah, yeah. And even from the less popular prequels, a uh, one of Liam Neeson's lightsabers auctioned off in 19... Uh, oh, actually, that's when the movie came out, 1999, uh, for $66,710. Wow. Which is about what I would expect for one of the prequel yeah. sabers, yeah. you know. I'm looking at a list right now, and I would never would have thought of this one, but this one would be amazing. It is the uh, Origami Unicorn from Blade Runner. Really? That would be a cool little prop. If you, if you know for sure that's exactly where it came from, because you can recreate that. Right, right. But if you knew that's the exact one from the movie, that would be cool. That would be a cool one to have. I, I've heard that uh, they are selling replicas of the glasses that they use, okay. those little, like, sort of twisted, angular glasses. Yeah, that's right. Um, again, you know, you could have those in your house, and only a true fan would be able to yep. pick those yep. out. Now, you mentioned um, uh, the T-Rex head from Jurassic Park. What about one of the full-size Velociraptors? Ooh, yeah, that would be epic, because that way you can get the whole the whole body and everything. Yep. Uh, in 2009, at auction, one of those sold for, actually, this is lower than I would have expected, $77,000. Are you serious? Yeah. That's super yeah. low. I would put that in my entryway. Yeah. That way, I as mean, soon as people walk in, Velociraptor. I would right think in your that face. would go for like two million, honestly, because that is such an epic movie, and that is one of the main stars of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
As long as it wasn't from Jurassic Park 3 when they had the, the feathers, which right. is more realistic, <laughs> I guess, to yeah. the, how they looked. But Yeah, but nothing beats the, the original Jurassic no, Park. No. And folks, again, we invite you guys to call in or chime in on our Facebook page. We are talking movie props, movie memorabilia, something you would love to own at 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Now, we talked the sequel just a little bit ago, but what about the original movie Alien, 1979, and Sigourney Weaver's spacesuit? So Ripley's very puffy, very white spacesuit from the first Alien movie sold for a hefty sum at a recent auction. The hero costume, designed by John Mollo, went for an impressive $204,800. Okay. Which uh, I think would be on par for I that. I think so. When you started saying that, I was actually expecting you to say her underwear. I don't know <laughs> why, because the end scene with her, uh, you know, 70-ish <laughs> right. underwear. Yeah, and I'm sure it exists out there somewhere. I'm sure it does. Yeah. Some yeah. some guy owns it somewhere. And that opens up a whole <laughs> sure different side of movie I memorabilia. Wouldn't, I wouldn't get that one. Here's one, probably of one of the oldest pieces of movie memorabilia, Charlie Chaplin's cane wow. from The Tramp. Yeah, that would be pretty epic. Um, and also modern times. So uh, the kind of notoriety, this, uh, wow, words. That kind of notoriety is pricely, but the, uh, priceless, but the cane Chaplin used in his 1936 classic Modern Times came with a price tag. The iconic actor's iconic prop went up for auction in 2013, and one lucky buyer was able to add to their collection for, what's your guess? That is pretty iconic. I mean, very iconic. When you think early Hollywood, that's one of the things I think of. Um, $1.5 million. All right, maybe a little on the high side, $350,000. That's cheap, man. Yeah. I say that, but I, mean, it's yeah, a good I, can't, I can't afford it. Right. <laughs> well, talking about iconic, one of Ford's hats from his first Indiana Jones Adventures, Raiders of the Lost Ark, recently sold at a 2018 auction for $424,000, okay. which makes sense. I mean, obviously, it's a, a huge piece of movie history. My Again, one of my favorite... Uh, my second favorite franchise. film franchises of all time, yep. yeah. Um, but yeah, it went for more than Charlie Chaplin's Kane. Yeah, that's odd. I mean, I would have paid more for it, because it means more to me, Yeah, but that's, that's odd. Yep. Uh, oh, here's one that's uh, interesting. So... Uh, the red ruby slippers from The Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. uh, only four pairs are known to have survived the film's production. The last pair known to be auctioned off sold for a surprisingly low. And just keep in mind that this film does revolve around some witches. $666,000 oh in 2005, <laughs> which I would have expected that to go for more. Me too. Yeah. And, and were they actually red? Weren't they colorized to be red for the movie no they were they, they were, were red, red they were truly red okay. yeah um so yeah you know that's again an iconic piece of, of movie history now here's one that uh i'm curious if you would add to your garage collection the flying car from chitty chitty bang bang 1968 yeah, i'll take it all right is, is it free i'll take it yeah yeah or okay. in this case the only working car from the movie loosely based on ian fleming's 1964 novel which i didn't realize that he wrote that i didn't either ian fleming so. is obviously known for james bond sold for eight hundred and five thousand at auction in 2011 wow. i need to watch that again to see if there's any like indiana jones like vibes to it not Indiana Jones. I'm, uh, James Bond. James Bond. Yeah, yeah. James Bond. Yeah. Oh. 
I don't know. I don't know. You know, I remember that being a kids' movie. It had some dark. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. Things to it, but uh, I haven't seen it either. Uh, not recently. Yeah. All right. And then as we close things out, the most expensive piece of movie memorabilia. If you had to guess what it would be, I'm you not giving s- you much to work with. But I mean, is it Star Wars? It is not. It is not Star Wars. I really don't know. All right. I really don't know. Well, often. Uh, referred to as one of the worst movies of all time, Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet. Let's see. Uh, sold at Bonhams in New York in 2017 for $5.3 million. Wow. <laughs> that is expensive. I want to see that guy's collection. What else is he collecting? Exactly. Exactly. Well, folks, that does it for movie and TV memorabilia. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and you can always chime in later on the Phoenix line, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. When we come back, we have gaping plot holes. You all want to miss it? Come on back. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, August 18th. Now, uh, you're always welcome to chime in, even if you've missed our call-in topic at the Phoenix Line. The Phoenix Line is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, inviting you guys to call in at any time about just about anything in particular. Um, Give us a call, 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. I almost forgot the number, 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O, or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired all we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We will compile those together probably sometime this week with what we've got and uh, put them out in a future show. So uh, always love the feedback from you guys, the listeners, whether it is on the Phoenix line or on our Facebook page as well. Now, being that uh, this is our last morning with Tim as our special guest co-host, oh, at least for this week, uh, we plan on having you back. Uh, Wanted to talk more about some of the nostalgic, geeky, nerdy stuff that we enjoy. And this segment in particular, which we call Gaping Plot Holes. And uh, this actually stemmed out a conversation that I had with Tim a couple nights ago about one of his all-time classic movies that he likes to go back and watch. Something I've recently gone back and watched and realized that it's not the movie I remember, and I'm, it saddens me that that's the case. And I'm talking about Never Ending Story. Never Ending Story, as a kid, loved the movie, but you go back and watch it, and it is just full of plot holes that, uh, you know, in some cases, you can get past that, uh, uh, oh, what do they call it, the suspension of disbelief. Yeah. This one's a little hard to stomach. I think I still love it because I never stopped watching it. You know what I mean? You, there's probably a big gap in, there in between was, the times yeah, you've seen yeah. it. I've se- I watch it all the time. So it truly was a uh, never-ending story for you. I guess so. <laughs> now the second one, mm, not so much. Yeah, the second one keeps popping up on our queue. Is yeah. you know, you watch this one, you might enjoy this. I was like, mm, no, not really. <laughs> and that had uh, 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 Landis. Or yeah, Brandis. Brandis. Uh, Brandis. Yeah, Jonathan yeah, yeah. Brandis. Yep. Yep. Who unfortunately was one of those actors who passed away yep. in the late nineties, early two so. thousands. I think so. I think it's late nineties. 
But I uh, wanted to run down a list of some of the more popular movies that have, as we said, gaping plot holes. Things that you've always wondered about, but, uh, you know, in some cases like this one, you just sort of get past. Uh, Back to the Future, we were talking about the hey, hoverboard. Hey, hey, don't, don't, no. <laughs> Are you going to mention Biff? Is it Biff? It is not Biff. Okay. Is that in there? Uh, no, it is not. Okay. So, obviously, it's time travel. He goes back, sees his parents. Obviously, he doesn't go as Marty McFly because that's George's last name, yeah. but as Calvin Klein instead. Well, here's where the plot hole comes in. So, years later, when the McFlys have Marty, why don't they freak out when their son starts looking and behaving exactly like Calvin Klein? My wife is watching right now on Facebook Live. She always mentions that. Exactly. <laughs> Also, given that Marty lied about being Calvin Klein because of his underwear brand, wouldn't the mom freak out when Calvin Klein clothing you know, becomes that one, a reality? That one makes more sense because, to me, you remember a name more than a face that you've only seen for like a week. You know what okay. I mean? It's been like 20 years, 30, you know, 30 years right. since you saw this kid. There's no pictures of him. So I True. don't think you'd really recognize him. Okay. All right. I, I, All right. I don't think you would, but a name like Calvin Klein, I think you may recognize that. I would accept that as an answer. Okay, that is an answer. <laughs> All right. What about this one from uh, oh, the James Cameron super romantic movie, Titanic? Despite letting go, they're never letting go. The love story of Jack and Rose, played by Leo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, is doomed from the start of Titanic. We know this based on the movie's title alone, but it doesn't stop us from becoming emotionally invested. We do have one question, though. Why didn't Rose just like a, uh, like move a couple inches to her left? People talk about this all the time. I, I forget who it was, but there's some scientist uh, that said that there was no room. Uh, was it Bill Nye? No, Mythbusters actually Mythbusters, did okay, it, okay. and they proved that he could have survived. Well, he could have gone on there. I don't know. <laughs> I, I got no answer for that one because it looks like there is room, but you know, to go with the story to make it that emotional, he couldn't have survived. I get it, but they could have made the door a little bit smaller. <laughs> yeah, that is very, very true. That's yeah, very true. Yeah. Especially for somebody like James Cameron, who has such a yeah. eye for detail to the point where. He made the night sky in that movie consistent with That's what right. the night sky would have yeah. been on the day right. the, the Titanic sank. Little oversight with the size of the door. <laughs> All right, moving on, the Karate Kid. Using the crane kick trained and perfect, uh, perfected by Mr. Miyagi, Daniel knocks out Johnny and wins the tournament. Movie over, everyone cheers. Except, was this move legal? Should Daniel have been disqualified? Was he the secret villain of the Karate Kid the entire time? Earlier in the film, it is said that hits to the face are not permitted, not specifying whether that includes kicks. Machio himself called the crane kick a clear violation, and the later YouTube series Cobra Kai features its alleged legitimacy as a prominent plot point. Yeah, I, I just rewatched it, I think, a month ago. And according to what I watched of it recently, I don't think it was legal. I really don't. I didn't feel because I went in the with the mentality of of knowing that this is a hot topic. Right. I watched it and I was like, you know, they don't really specify yeah. with, the, with the kick. Well, I like the fact that uh, Cobra Kai, which I've seen bits and pieces of, I, 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 I want to yeah. go back and, and it's watch. Coming, it's coming to uh, Netflix, Netflix, so yep. that's what I'm going to watch it yeah. all. But they sort of play to the fact that uh, Daniel actually was sort of the villain yeah. of the piece. No, and, because when you rewatch it, he, the the. He's such a d-bag, the, right. the, the the bad guy. He's such a d-bag. He's 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 definitely not the bad guy. Yeah, no. Yeah. 
All right, uh, moving on. Pixar's first movie and probably the most beloved of the Pixar line is Toy Story. Everybody loves Toy Story, except for there is one giant gaping plot hole. Something that's uh, not so clear is that if Buzz doesn't think he's a toy, why does he freeze when humans walk in like the other toys? Wouldn't he stay alive and tell new life form about his predicament like he did with the other toys? That one's legit. I think that's 100% legit. Yeah. Because, yeah, he was so insistent that he was a space, a spaceman. He was not a toy. He says, nope. I'm not a toy. Right. Yeah. No. Right. But Andy walks in and nope. falls to the ground. Yeah. Yep. I never thought about it until yep. I heard about that recently. By the way, that reminds me. Is there any truth to uh, if you are in um, Disneyland. Disneyland and you walk into the toy store or the Pixar pier, You, if you yell, Andy's coming. It was true. Okay. But then everybody did it. Uh, so now they don't do it because uh, they had to do it all the time. So they did it. I don't know how long they did it for, but yes, it is true that if you say Andy's here or whatever, that they'll fall to the ground. But they stopped doing that a long time ago. That's a bummer. Mm -hmm. That is a true bummer. All right, moving on with uh, our topic of gaping plot holes. We were talking Christopher Nolan a little bit earlier as one of uh, the major directors out there, really doing something unique. And even his take on the Batman films were uh, very much grounded in reality versus some of the more fantastical things that came out of the previous even Joel Schumacher films. Well, Batman Begins obviously features uh, Raz Al Ghul, however you uh, pronounce his name. It's pronounced a couple different ways depending on the lexicon. I tend to go with Batman animated series. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But he sets off the explosive micro... Microwave emitter oh, um, yeah. for Gotham's water supply, which uh, you know Scarecrow's been drugging. Well, the first one, uh, you know, might might leave up for a little bit of question. So, if Scarecrow's been doing it for a little while, hasn't why hasn't everybody gone crazy from his plan already? And I think they answered that in that it's got to be atomized, it's got to be airborne, not so much you know if they drink it, it, it doesn't affect yeah. them. However, the second second one was one that first time I watched it. Had me scratching my head. After Al Ghul sets off his bonkers bomb, we see water explode. It atomizes any water around it. Well, the human body is made out of 72% water, so humans would be exploding as well. It just doesn't make I didn't, sense. See, I didn't even think about that until years after the fact. So to me, I was just watching the movie until I, I think I read it online. It's like, yeah, you know, that's that's legit as well. Yep. Yep. But uh, again, these are ones where, you know, the suspension of disbelief comes into yeah, play. Exactly. And, and s- sometimes the directors don't care. Yeah. And I heard a, a story about Spielberg. He said that in Jurassic Park, there is a flaw in it. And they brought it to his attention, probably the script supervisor. And he's like, I don't care. Right. It's the part where the T Rex is attacking the Jeeps. Okay. And th- they put the goat out there, mm-hmm. and it's flat land. And the goat's on the flat land. And then when they come back through. It's a giant cliff because that's where the Jeep falls down. It's yeah. a giant cliff. Yeah. That's a very they, good point. They brought it to his attention. He's like, you know what? I don't care. It's going to work for the movie. People aren't, aren't going to notice. And they didn't notice. I didn't notice no. until you just, Rewatch you just told it. me about it. Rewatch it. And there's that giant cliff now instead of the goat. Yep. All right. Here's uh, one out of uh, a classic franchise, but probably the best of the series. T2, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, of course, James Cameron again. The question is, if the T-1000 is made entirely of liquid metal, he shouldn't have been able to go back in time at all. There's no living tissue involved with metal, clothing or not, unless Skynet made some off-camera modifications to their time travel mechanics. 
he shouldn't have been able to go. You can't bring back guns. You can't bring back clothing. You can't bring back knives. Never thought about that. Why could liquid metal go? I never thought about that. So. Wow. Now now you will be. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can thank me later for that. One of the best movies of all time. Oh, man. We, we could keep going on these <laughs> plot holes. And, in fact, I'm, I may save it for later. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and... F- Finish up with uh, another classic movie from uh, the late 90s, Independence Day. It says, uh, we don't know about you, but we have no idea how to keep any of our tech stuff updated. So how on earth was David's primitive technology compatible with the aliens' crazy futuristic stuff? Randy Quaid might be kind of bonkers, but at least his plane made physical sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's it'd be like plugging a, uh, a PC <laughs> into an Apple and downloading a virus. Yep. And that's with two human technologies. Just didn't make a whole lot of sense. I'm too dumb. I never would have noticed that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, folks, that does it for Gaping Plot Holes. And again, we'll revisit that later on because there's so many for us to cover. When we come back, we head into the final segment of the show, This Day in History, where we drop a little bit of knowledge, hopefully make you laugh a little bit. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a few. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now, back to the show. Well, you did it, folks. You hung into the last segment of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It's Tuesday, August 18th. If you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to americamatters.us, click on the shows and podcast link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well. Now, while you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way, you always have the latest episode. Tell your friends, because sharing is caring. I'm doing this way out of order. And uh, leave a review. Of course, the other thing you can do is get it on any of your podcast channels. So Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Deezer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? I'm going to say no again. I'm going to say no again. Bring it back to Stay Puff. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever I'm thinking of. It doesn't have to be Stay Puff. Could be. It, yeah. could, it could be a giant pair of Sigourney Weaver's underwear from Alien. Okay, Stay Puff. Let's do Stay Puff. <laughs> But, folks, that's where you can get us. Now, uh, let me go ahead and get to the soundboard so we can get this segment set up. Being that it is the last segment of the day, as we do each and every day, we're going to go ahead and take you through this day in history, drop a little knowledge, drop a few laughs, and here we go. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head, it's this day in history with your correspondent on the beat, Christian Phoenix. And uh, Brian Week is out. And uh, having a little fun, obviously, dubbing over his name a little bit. Uh, but uh, it's, it's fun to erase him out of the existence of the radio show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, Back to the Future. He's going to start disappearing. Exactly, yes. Yep. <laughs> Somebody's got to kiss their uh, boyfriend to uh, bring him back to life. Right. Their their mom has to try and make out <laughs> with them. Something and, like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This day in 1612, the Pendle Witch Trial begins with 10 people accused of witchcraft in Lancaster, England. The key witness, a nine-year-old boy. That's right. I remember that. I, of course, I wasn't there. I remember, you weren't? I remember, I remember hearing about that. Or, or am I a witch? 
Yeah. I don't know. Maybe in a previous life you Maybe. were one of the accused, or you were the nine-year-old boy. That's just crazy times to <laughs> to think that somebody can just accuse you of being a witch, right? And then they what, what was the testing again? They had to drown you. If you if you drowned, you were human. Yeah, they they <laughs> threw you into a lake, weighed down. If you floated, you were a witch and you died yeah. anyway. And, and if, if you <laughs> if you sunk to the bottom and drowned, well, you know what? You were cleared you of those witchcraft charges. Go. Of course, the uh, side effect to that is you were dead. Yeah. So. <laughs> smart thinking, smart thinking. Uh, and trusting the uh, the accounts of a nine-year-old boy, and, you know, we all know that nine-year-olds have wild imaginations, and, of course, that probably sent a few people to their deaths. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so scary. All right, this day in 1698, Russian Tsar Peter the Great arrives in the Zondam. I've always wondered, do they come up with their own names? You know, do they say, I'm Peter the Great because I'm great, or do other people come up with them because they actually are great? Or is that their middle and last name? Peter the Great. The Great. Think about it. I don't know. Alexander the, the great. great. They were related. <laughs> I get the sense that it was sort of a self-imposed nickname. Maybe. Maybe. That, uh, you know, obviously before the internet, before there was uh, fact-checking, uh, people would come through and say, I want to change my name. I'm Tim, Peter the Great. I'm Tim the Great now. <laughs> Our special co-host, Tim the Great. <laughs> All right. Uh, this day in 1838, the United States Exploring Expedition headed by Charles Wilkes depor- departs for the Pacific Ocean and Antarctica. 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 Words are hard. Sometimes. They are sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, Don't know what they found, what they discovered, or where they had headed out from, but uh, this is the day that that happened. Did they find the spaceship from the thing in there? Ooh. Maybe. That's where it started. (laughs) Here's a brand new word that I've never even seen before. 1862, General Lee's adjutant, Major Stewart, is captured. Now, adjutant, I would assume, is a... Villain general, a second in command. Folks, if you know, feel free to chime in on the Phoenix, Phoenix page. But uh, Major Stewart's captured, and uh, again, doesn't say by whom, but uh, that is something that did actually happen. So <laughs> there you go. So we got that. We got that going for us. Here's something else that, uh, again, it doesn't give a. I wish it gave a little more information. This day in 1914, U.S. President Woodrow Wilson I- issues the Proclamation of Neutrality. What does that do? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of talk these days about net neutrality, which obviously didn't exist in 1914. But I should have paid more attention in history class. I know. Who's neutral? What's neutral? Yeah. Who knows? But we know that it's proclaimed this day in 1914. All right. This day in 1919, before the Truth Campaign... I'm sure you see those on TV every once in a while. The Anti-Cigarette League of America forms in Chicago, Illinois, which uh, is pretty early on. What year was that? 1919. Oh, wow. Yeah. Seriously? I would have thought maybe like the 60s or something. Yeah, that's when five-year-olds were smoking. (laughs) I mean, it's... (laughs) And they didn't stop. Everybody smoked in the 50s and 60s, 70s. I mean, even 80s people. I remember people smoking in the airplanes and even when i was in college there were, there was a class where you can smoke in the classroom yeah, yeah. airplanes <laughs> you yeah know. that's crazy of course you know when i was growing up and they had the ashtrays and airplanes those were yep. my uh takeoff gum holders for yeah <laughs> what else were they for yeah because even at that point they didn't allow smoking but yeah. uh you know madison avenue the Mad Men uh, advertising agencies yep. some of their biggest clients yep. were cigarette companies so 
luckily there were a few people who decided to take on that uh, that plight early. Yep. This day in 1956, uh, we talked about uh, the debut of the song a couple days ago. Well, Elvis Presley's Hound Dog and Don't Be Cruel reaches number one in the charts. So it didn't take long for the song to come out and then hit number wow. one. Now, great, I don't, great songs, yeah. Oh, great songs. Now, I don't remember if 1956 Elvis, Hound Dog, Don't Be Cruel, if this was beach-going Elvis or if this was... Tassels, no, giant pompadour. It was more the beach. A little more heavy set. Not kind of in, but no, he, he was he wasn't quite as heavy heavy set when those came out. No, he okay. was the young, you know, dashing, hip thrusting, you know, yeah. rock star. <laughs> All the girls went crazy. Yeah. All right, this day in 1958, uh, a uh, novel adapted into a couple different movies, Lolita by Vladimir Nab. Nab- Bok Nabokov. I bet you that's it. I'm flippoing it. <laughs> Nabokov is published. I didn't realize that it was that old, uh, 1958. I didn't either. But I mean, that's around the Cold War time. You know, that's yep. uh, when you know the the Russian American uh, tensions were coming to a head. Absolutely. All right. This day, in 1958, uh, Fidel Castro makes a speech on Cuban pirate radio Rebelde, and uh, I think that is before he took control through a coup. All right, moving on this day, 1958. Floyd Patterson knocks out Roy Harrison, 13, for the heavyweight boxing title. Floyd Patterson, one of the not most well-known heavyweight boxers, but, I mean, definitely a well-known name. And, of course, he made a few uh, uh, movie appearances as well. That's when you got a lot of uh, sports stars who would sort of cross over into the movies. And, yeah, it was... uh, it was a different time back hopefully then. Hopefully better acting than the sports stars nowadays. Well, better. hopefully better acting than uh, uh, Mike Tyson <laughs> in uh, The Hangover. That was yeah, not great. No, it wasn't. Um, I don't think it was the movie Game Show. Anyway, oh, okay. this day in 1958, uh, the TV Game Show scandal investigation starts. Oh. Was the movie Game Show or what, what was it? Maybe it was. Maybe it was. Basically. I've seen it, but a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, interesting movie, and obviously there are laws now that um, determine the way that game shows can be done because of what ended up happening yeah. through this scandal. Yeah, there's, no, there's another good documentary, I think it's on Amazon, about, um, is it called The Highest Bidder or something like that? It's about, it's about, um, Might be. about um, uh, you know, Price is Right, it's a good documentary of a guy who kind of cheated the system and like was able to guess on the dot every single item up for bid. Yeah, it's a good I'll documentary. check that out. This day in 1969, Mick, Jack- Mick Jagger accidentally shot while filming Ned Kelly. I had no idea that that happened. Mm-hmm. And this day in 1969, the Woodstock Music and Art Fair closes with Jimi Hendrix and his Band of Gypsies as the final act. And uh, that would have been something to see. Yeah. Now, folks, before we head out for the day, let's drop a couple holidays on you. Today is Helium Discovery Day. Oh, if I wish I had some to make our voice a little bit higher. And what were they trying to make if they weren't trying to make helium? You know I what think, I mean? Uh, zeppelins, I think, was oh, what yeah, they were okay, trying to okay. do that for. So they just started inhaling them. It's like, oh, we sound pretty awesome. <laughs> Today is mail order catalog day, which 
pretty much doesn't exist anymore. I thought it was Mail Order Bride Day. National Bad Poetry Day. Not sure why we recognize that. And uh, National Ice Cream Pie Day, which ooh, I could go for right okay. now. Well, folks, that does it for another episode. Tim, again, we want to thank you for filling in for Tony. Absolutely. And uh, we'll have you back on in the future. But, folks, Tony will be back tomorrow for a Wednesday episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We will see you then. Uh- Thank you.